Welcome to Football on the 40. The Kansas Jayhawks head to Austin this weekend, and the vibe is a heck of a lot different than the last time they made the trip. Texas is 4-0, ranked number three in the nation, and coming off a beatdown of Baylor. Can the Longhorns maintain this elite level of play? We'll get into that shortly. I'm Jake Robinson, joined by Andrew Harris, Bowen Kai, and Kevin Mathis. Our show is produced by Hamilton Lizer. In this week's episode, we're going to vis- revisit a segment from the episode following the embarrassing loss to Kansas two years ago. Talk about what has changed with Kansas football. Like, are they actually good? And also, we have a new leader in the betting corner. But first, as always, let's talk about where we watched the game, give a highlight or two, and a weekend update. Kevin, you're up first this week. I'm going to stop you right there, Jake. You have a big question to answer. In the group text this weekend, we were talking about how you're marrying an Aggie, and you would not commit to whether or not you are going to be playing the Aggie War Hymn at your own wedding. So let's just take a beat here for a sec and uh, talk about that. Wow, we're just gonna we're just gonna get get right to it, huh? We're not talking about Texas football or not. There's uh... an elephant in the room, Jake. Is it being played <laughs> or not? Um, you know, the, all the decisions for our wedding uh, have not been made yet, so I, I can't I can't say anything definitively at this time. But Ooh. but but <laughs> if the Aggie Warham is played at our wedding, I will not be participating in it. And the Eyes of Texas will also be playing if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can assure you of that. <laughs> I'm just noticing a trend in you know who you are. I think you went to an Aggie game recently. It sounds I, like I I was. I'll, is... I guess I'll go first instead of you this week, Kevin. I uh, <laughs> since we're <laughs> we're just throwing. We'll it out revisit there. this. We'll revisit this. Yeah, I um I spent um Saturday in College Station at Kyle Field for my first Texas A&M game that I've ever been to. And uh, it was a, it was a good time. They have a really large stadium and some some loyal fans for sure. Enjoyed it. Got home, got out of there quickly and uh, had a chill night watching Texas destroy that, uh, Baylor. And it was a lot of fun. What, what was the color of your you shirt? Yes. What did you wear to the game? I did not wear any Aggie letters, nor will I. And I did not gig him, and I did not do the war. He wore maroon. He wore wore maroon, people. And he was proud of it. Dang. He's turning red. He wore maroon. Confirm or deny. (laughs) Disavow, Jake. Disavow. God, this is awkward. (laughs) No, I, 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 here's, here's the deal. I did wear maroon. Oh Um, my gosh. I did, I did, um, I, I was, Proud to support my fiance and be a a good a good a good future husband and um no oh, we man. had a great time we we did and and I she she wears burn orange to all the Texas games she's done it three or four times you know she she doesn't wear the letter she doesn't hook them and she doesn't sing the eyes I said all right I can do that I can wear maroon and and to be fair she didn't even like ask me to or or make me do it but she was happy that I did for sure. So. You did it because you wanted to. I did it because yeah. I wanted to, for sure. The things we do and, for love. That's right. Can't, can't even that's can't right. even look at you right now, Jake. I'm gonna put a sticky note over your little. What? <laughs> as Kevin told Garrett on his wedding day, uh, here's to a lifetime of compromises, Jake. Oh, yes. Wow. 
And, yes. And and I asked Garrett this this question last year because our, our buddy Garrett is also married to an Aggie. And I asked him, I said, Garrett, do you wear maroon to Aggie games? Like, do you what do you think about this? And he said, Do you like when she wears burn orange? And I said, Yeah. And he said, then yes. Nice. <laughs> Garrett, why Garrett, Garrett, wow, uh, Morgan, Garrett Morgan and Macy are gonna be very, very, very confused if they listen to this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> they will be for sure. <laughs> Andy, Bo, talk you about your weekend. Oh, Bo, yeah, Bo, I can yeah. go next. We uh we took our first road trip up to Dallas. Um, one of our best friends was having a baby shower up there, so um I actually did not go to the baby shower because I was watching Theo, um and we just watched it in our hotel room, which was super chill. I ordered DoorDash and had um watched the game with him, so it felt like it, I was just it felt like I was at home. And Theo's four and zero, so. Really, no complaints, and he did. He did great on the road, um, and yeah, it was it was a really fun weekend. So that was that was solid. I think in terms of the actual game itself, it was it was pretty chill too, except for all the special teams craziness. It was getting some flashbacks to like twenty twenty one. You know, we're talking about twenty twenty one again. OU game when X just decided to do something very very similar in a much more high leverage situation. So that was that was not fun, but you know helps you reflect to see where how far we've come so that was i guess that's a positive kevin what about you i uh was in alabama with some family working on the farm and we finished up our work on saturday right before the game so i was able to catch most of it had a had a pretty chill time watching there was no fellow texas fans with me and nobody else was really interested in the game it was nice watching another game where I felt really zero fear of, of losing and just was able to enjoy it. But a lot of time on the road, I drove out there and came back in, in three days. So um, I caught a lot of YouTube commentary and Sark's interviews and everything um, on the drive back and, and really stocked up on, on the content for, for today's recording. So looking forward to getting into it. Andy, how about you? Yeah, uh, it seems like everyone had a good weekend. I had a pretty chill weekend in Houston. Watch, I didn't watch the Texas game with guys, but uh, earlier in the day, I watched just other college football games, like the Colorado, um, Oregon game, Ole Miss, Alabama. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just had a great time, like everyone else said. Um, it was a very stress-free game, so no complaints really here. Um, and while doing research for this pod, um, it was just interesting to see who was leading the team and re- uh, receiving yards. Um, and I didn't realize this until today, but JT Sanders is leading the team in receiving yards, which blows my mind uh, that a tight end is leading the team in receiving when we have receivers like Worthy, Mitchell Whittington um yeah he's just killing it and so I kind of did a little deep dive on this I'll go pretty quick on um this topic but JT is only 486 yards away from being the um leading all-time receiver um uh, receiving tight end at Texas and crazy enough to believe this but that's only like 60 yards per game for the regular season. And that does include like a potential big 12 championship game, whatever postseason we have. So honestly, the average is probably less than 60 yards per game. And 
Yeah, I, I think he will probably reach that mark. And my bold prediction is by the end of his year, um, by the end of the season, he'll um, be considered the greatest Texas tight end of all time, which that's just kind of crazy thinking of it now. He's going to have roughly or a little bit more yards than David Thomas, but played, but he will have played half the games as David Thomas did. So just an awesome career and just like a true legend that we're watching right now. I don't think. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to add one of the episodes or, you know, one of the commentary pieces I was watching on my drive back on Sunday mentioned that he's the first Texas tight end to have two receiving games over a hundred yards ever. You can see it on, on the field too. I mean, he's, that up the seam pass that he just continues to catch is, is really productive. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I mean, catching that one handed too. that he made that. So it looked so effortless um, how he just caught that ball and, and ran for 50 yards and he's, he's killing it. Don't take him from granted. Um, We probably won't have another tight end like him for a while. Um, the last really good tight end of Texas that we had, in my opinion, was Jermichael Finley, and he last played in 2007. So, you know, these type of tight ends don't come that um, come that often. So uh, enjoy JT Sanders. He's going to be either first or second round pick next year. And, uh, yeah, just uh, really cool to see this type of player. For sure. I, I wanted to bone – I wanted to talk about what you mentioned, the special teams woes, because I think that's the only thing you can really pick on from our game against Baylor. I watched Sark's press conference today, and he got asked about Xavier Worthy's confidence receiving punts, and Sark was quick to say he's actually more confident than he's ever been. And he said a lot of things that were positive about Xavier and and mentioned, you know, like we talked last week, there was going to be wind for that game and and Sark felt like the wind blew the ball a little bit and it was hard to judge and that played a factor into missing it but he said he's been really close like one step away from breaking several touchdowns on on punt returns and he's looking forward to getting that first one this season and that he as a player should be commended for his patience in games because on offense he's getting doubled a lot like he did last year and opening up opportunities for other guys so he's playing a role he might not, he might not be totally comfortable with, and he's opening up a lot of those opportunities for JT Sanders, Sanders, and others on offense. So, Sark came to his defense quickly, and hopefully, we clean that up because we got some big games coming up, and in Dallas in a couple of weeks, muffing that many kicks is this may be, be a serious an, issue. this may this may be a little unpopular, but I'm I'm tired of. Xavier Worthy just dropping everything. He just drops everything. Why is he the punt returner? I mean, come on. I mean, yes, I get it. He's had a better year to start the year, but better, better year to this point. But stick someone else back there. Come on. Oh man, dissenting views. Hey, Whittington also from had a punt Whittington also had a fumble too. So I think we had three. I think we had yeah. three. Or I was it was it just Jay Witt had one and Xavier had one? Is that what and, it was? Oh, Keelan had one in the on a return, but he picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, things to improve on. Baylor was bad though. Andy was right. You're on. Told y'all. Baylor, Baylor is bad, Um, but Kansas (laughs) might not be. 
No. And <laughs> they are ranked as they're coming to town. And let, let's let's revisit a, a, a segment from our first season of Football in the 40, shall we? Let's do it. So two years ago, we took a extremely defeating loss against Kansas that unfortunately put a stamp on Sark's first season as a failure. It brought up a lot of questions about the program and where we were and if we were on the right track. And on this podcast, we had a segment after that game for each of us to give our three-point plan to get Texas back to relevance in one of the lowest moments we can remember in the last five years or so. It's interesting to look back on the th- our, our individual three-point plans because there are several elements here that really didn't pan out, and there's some that we've seen come to fruition. So it's encouraging almost to look back and see how far we've come in just a few years. So, Bowen, I'll let you really quickly run through, you know, the three things that you wanted to see to improve the program yeah. after that devastating loss. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Season one football in the 40 morale was morale was super low. I think we were questioning our decision to start this podcast, but here we are two years later crushing it. So yeah, glad we stuck with it. Okay. So I'll, I'll go into mine quickly. Some, some of mine aged more poorly than others, but um, my first one was, my first one was pretty good. I think I said, give the coaches time. You know, I talked about like the coaching carousel that we had leading up to 2021. And now that we've had some consistency in the coaching staff, that's really shown and, you know, giving our, our, our players, a you know, full off season to really learn the playbook, learn the playbook, trust the playbook. I think it's, it's really starting to pay dividends on the field. I also said for that first one as a sub bullet for fans still watching, uh, go to some other sports. Um, I can't recall how well we did. Um, in other sports, I'm sure we did well. I think we won the director's cup that year. Andy would have to fact check, fact check. Yeah, we're that, good. But, um, we did. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was good. My second one, my second one aged very poorly. It said invest deep in NFTs. So in 2021, <laughs> NFTs were pretty hyped. I myself did not get into NFTs, but I don't think any of us did. I think I, you know, made, made sure we stayed away from it. But, um, you know, I said Texas program might, might be able to slash create random shows on LHN. But the, all the goal was to have money for NIL to buy recruits and transfer. So the 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 thinking was right. I think the strategy how to get there was completely off. We would have gotten negative. Um, and then my third one, just real quick, I think for the fans' mental, for our mentality moving forward, accept it. Don't listen to the preseason hype and exp- approach next year with the level head. I think we've really instilled that. Um, we went into this season, even though a lot of the preseason hype was there. I think we were all pretty grounded. Um, and that's, that's, that's been good for us. Yeah. Agreed. Jake, I think your, your takes on your three point plan aged very well. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. My first one was forget about the season and and we're talking about this now. We can't underscore how bad Texas was in that moment, losing to Kansas at home. It was also our fifth straight loss for the first time since 1956. So we had gone something like seven, 75 years without losing five games in a row until this Kansas loss. So, um, yeah, I said just forget about the season. Don't worry about any more wins or losses the rest of that year. I think we finished five and seven. Um, but the first, the first step was for the fans to chill and give Sark, CDC, and the program just time to finish the season and make some big changes. Um, go to the transfer portal. 
I said, tell the wheat guys to leave or they'll never see the field again. I, I think some of that actually happened. <laughs> um, yeah, hit the portal hard. And then I just, my final one was show us, Ark. Show us you have a plan. Keep us involved. There will always be noise, but make us believe uh, believe you. And, you know, we've talked about his press conferences and this year in particular, even before the season started, there wasn't a lot of coach speak. He was high on the horns and told us. And, yeah, I just chill. My, my point was everybody take a chill pill. This is year one. We're going to give him lots of time. Well, year two, much improvement. Year three, so far, so good. Yeah, I think all that grades out really well. My my first one was, you know, everyone's talked about it, but take advantage of the transfer portal, so I'll skip, skip over that. I said we need to change the recruiting strategy to bring in the big boys on the offensive line, and we have done that. We have done that on both lines of scrimmage. And the way that we're able to rotate, especially on the defensive line now, gives us so many advantages having fresh athletes on the field on third downs. So that has definitely happened, and I'm happy to see all that. Also, this one doesn't grade out very well, but I said we need a new defensive scheme. And looking back, I'm I'm glad that we didn't change the coaching staff too much on the defensive side of the ball because it's the strong suit of our team right now. Andy? How about you? How do you think your your three point plan graded out? Uh, some better than others. Um, my first one was bring back the jetpack guy. I don't know how much um <laughs> we <laughs> we tried to do that. CDC, there's still an opportunity to bring him back. Andy, just asking for a prayer. Andy, the the jetpack guy walked so the drone show could run. Hey, Ooh. I will take that. <laughs> that is a great point, though. Is... <laughs> oh, man. The first time we had the jetpack guy, it scared me so bad um, because I had no idea that we were going to have a jetpack guy and I was underneath a speaker underneath like the seats. And it was so loud that game, like hearing the jetpack going through the speakers. So, <laughs> yeah. But, but that was an awesome point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, <laughs> Kind of like what the rest of the guys talked about. Let the roster turnover do its thing. Not going to dive into that um, anymore. But my last point was, you know, keep going to players that have the elite tendencies. So at the time, that was Bijan, Worthy. And Sark has really put an emphasis on those players along with other players that, you know, are very dynamic in nature. So I, I'm... Yeah, I, I'm happy that Sark really emphasizes his star players. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we all brought up some good points, some bad points, but um, some silly points. But overall, I think we kind of nailed, nailed it on the head. And, uh, yeah, our, our patience one, paid off. One more Jake. point on the, on the defense. I just wanted to – I just thought about this, so I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if this is the segment to do it. But trivia question – when was the last time an opponent of ours scored over 30 points? Man, that is a good question. Oklahoma State. Good job. It was. I was going to give you a hint. I was going to say it was windy, but Oklahoma State, <laughs> um, nine. It's nine games in a row since our opponent has scored over 30 points. Wow. Uh, so it's a good stat. It's a good stat. It's good to appreciate where we've been. 
and all that we had to tolerate in the last couple of years. I'm absolutely appreciating this season and how long it took to happen. We're going to take a quick break. And then after we come back, we'll break down the game ahead of us against Kansas. This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we're back. Now we are going to preview the game this Saturday at DKR at 2.30 p.m. against the Kansas Jayhawks. TV will, the game will be appearing on ABC. We are expecting a warm but not as hot day, 93 degrees for the high temperature. And as of this recording time, five days out, there is a 10% chance of thunderstorms. So we'll keep an eye on that, but it does not look overly concerning in the weather department at this time it also is jake's hot dog party so i will just throw that out there as well so we will be having our premier tailgate uh before the game if you're interested you can dm us and we will get you the details and you can come join us at jake's hot dog party all right i'm gonna hand it over to kevin anything from the press conference this week yeah before we get into the presser i'm just gonna say i think this is the first hot dog party i've missed and I will have a hot dog in Las Vegas on your behalf. I'm sorry I can't make that. It's After a, the game, a good place. <laughs> it, it is. It is a blast. It's a blast. After the game, Sark, I think, you know, he's starting to feel vindicated. He's been high on our team for a while. Um, obviously, he's he's happy post-game, appreciating wins on the road, um, and looking forward after that into his conference, into his press conference today. Andrew, what did you take from those two interactions with the media? I mean, he said he said a lot of interesting points. Um, he noted that we're one of the least penalized teams, which I think that's a really underrated aspect of a team. Uh, we're taking care of the ball and we're doing really well um, with our red zone defense. And then I, one interesting thing, but I, uh, in my opinion, I think he said this purely for recruiting purposes, but. Sark said today that Texas has the best developmental staff in the country. And I I don't think he said, I mean, I don't know in comparison to the rest of um, the NCAA, but he is onto something. I I don't think that's something he's just making up. We have seen the difference between this staff and Herman's staff and strong staff, how players have uh, dramatically improved under Texas. So kudos to Sark. I think he has all the right in the world to say that statement. And it's been a blessing as a fan to see how players have been developed. But Kev, what, what, uh, what did you take from him? I think just from today, um, he was talking about what, you know, what we just spoke on, like we just lost to this team two years ago. We've come a long way. Um, he, said he was in a in a weird way glad that it happened in Austin because it exposed some weaknesses in the program that needed to be cleaned up essentially and he feels like those things have been cleaned up he also says 
you know, most of the guys on the team experienced that loss and they're focused going into this week. Um, he was asked a couple different ways and at different times about the potential for this being a trap game. And he said strongly that the team is focused and he hasn't heard one word about next week. And he's there, he's referencing the OU game. So the players are taking this very seriously. And I hope to see that on the field this weekend, because there's some real threats on this canvas team, Kansas team on Quinn. Um, he, he was responding to some comments about Quinn's poor play at home and similar to how he reacted to criticisms or potential criticisms of Xavier worthy. He had Quinn's back and said, you know, he just needs to play loose and confident and trust in his preparation. And in a way it didn't, it didn't really reveal anything, but that he, he still had belief in Quinn, but I, I too am looking for Quinn to play a good game at home. Cause he's, he's looked much better on the road thus far this season. And he's going to need to light it up in the first half on Saturday for us to stroll into a victory. What do you think about those things? Yeah, I, I agree. Quinn, we would all love to see Quinn have a great game uh, this weekend. And I think he'll have the opportunity uh, to do it, even though Kansas is a little more improved uh, defensively than last year. But yeah, we would love to see it at home. He's played a lot better on the road and maybe that's like a mental thing. Who knows? But Kev, let's dive into Kansas a little bit more. What do you think about their strength of schedule so far and who they played? It's it's not great. Um, the teams that they've played thus far are a collective, I think, six and eight this season. The only good football team they've played so far is BYU. And um, even that, you know, wasn't a blowout, although Kansas is, is explosive offensively. So comparing our, our stats... I think strength of schedule really is a differentiator for us. We've only played one bad team and they've played three. So hopefully some of the statistics that we'll run through are a little bit inflated and we'll see our defense be strong and, and play well on, on Saturday again. What do you think? Yeah. I I mean, like you said, they haven't played anyone super great, but they do bring in a dynamic offense and they're led by Jalen Daniels. We are all familiar with him. This will be his third time playing against Texas. Uh, his first start was the infamous game two years ago against Texas. So he, uh, you know, he got us last or two years ago. And then last year we got his number, but the start off the season, he didn't play in the first game, but he's 56 to 75, 75% um completion percentage on the year which a lot of their offense is a lot of quick passes so now that number is higher than Quinn's where our offense is based on the deep ball more but don't take that as a slight by any means Jalen Daniels is legit I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the big 12 and he is a dual threat he does not run um, that much with the ball on like design carries but I wouldn't be surprised against Texas this weekend if they kind of dialed that up a little bit more um, because he's definitely elusive and I don't know but Kev what what scares you the most about Daniels I think that that ability to make something out of a broken play is concerning we played it well against Alabama but he might be as agile as Jalen Milrow 
I saw he doesn't have a rushing touchdown yet, so it's not like he's broken one and gone for 60 and scored a few touchdowns on the ground. But uh, he's he's definitely going to necessitate a spy, maybe another opportunity for Anthony Hill to show his skills on the field. Um, he, you have to scheme around him. So he's he's obviously the first player you think about when you're breaking down Kansas. Yeah. And if you look at last year's game, that was his first game back and I think like five or six games. Uh, he had a great start to 2022, got hurt against TCU, I believe, uh, in a game that they almost beat TCU. And his first game back was against Texas, was not fully healthy. So definitely expect a better Jalen Daniels than last year. Um, focusing on their rushing attack, Neil and Highshaw, they're both really good runners. Um both are averaging about seven yards a carry, which is a, what Bijan was doing last year. For reference, Jonathan Brooks, he's having a really good year, in my opinion. He's only averaging 5.8 yards a carry. So both of those guys have – both of them are fast. Both of them can take it to the house. So Texas has a really good rush defense, and they, you know, they will be tested this weekend for sure. Uh, wide receiver, Kansas, they have three good receivers, Arnold, Grimm, and Skinner. Um, they're all dynamic players that can make big plays as well. So I really think, in my opinion, Kansas has um, – they might have the best offense in the Big 12. I don't know. Uh, they've done really well so far offensively, and we'll see. We'll see how they fare this Saturday, but – I think that 30 point streak might be coming to an end potentially this weekend if we if we don't come focused. Hopefully. We got to guard against the deep ball. We talked in our group text a little bit about how that looks to be a weakness for us. We've got some slow safeties. Their top four receivers have long catches of 52, 48, 47, and 59 yards. So they can they can go deep and we got to figure out a way to, to defend that because if they're breaking a lot of long plays and staying in this game, it, it can get scary quick. Yeah, I do think y'all sure. need to. I do think y'all need to also just kind of keep in mind what you said at the start. Their opponents are six and eight on the year. So yeah, strength of playing, schedule is. They're playing. They played one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, probably if not the worst. Well, I don't know. BYU might not be one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve, but they probably are. And then, an FCS school and a very bad uh nevada so i i just i kind of want to see that being said though i i do think y'all have a point I, I don't know why people are calling this a trap game i'm gonna do the exact opposite of what i just said now there are four top 25 matchups this week and three of the four at least one of the teams lost last week so we're the only undefeated top 25 matchup in the country this week is texas and kansas and so I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's a trap game because Oklahoma's next week, but it really shouldn't be. I'm glad there's a number next to their name because that probably, for the first time this week, got the attention a little bit more out there for the team to see that number. And we haven't talked about it yet, but this is another another game where we're playing a Big 12 opponent that we may not see for a decade or more, and they have nothing to lose. They want to spoil our season. The, yeah. it, it's not a trap game. They're They're a good football team. They're, they are a very good football team and a team that we should definitely take seriously. want to ask y'all one question real quick before we end this segment. 
on a scale of one to 10, one, this is not happening. 10, this is happening. Texas plays Kansas in the Big 12 championship. 10 is not happening? No, 10 is happening. I'd say three. I, I don't think it's say, likely. I was going to say five? two or three. No, no, I'll no, go with five three. Five's too lukewarm. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, I think I lean closer to Bo. I, I, I don't, I want to say it's happening, but it's not as far fetched looking at their schedule. So is a five like 50 50 shot, though? No, I, I so. want to. Okay. If, if we're doing that, then no. Sorry. I would go like a three or four. Not even that. That's okay. Never mind. Whatever. I wasn't really thinking of it in like 50 50, but. No, I, I kind of I that that wasn't fair for me to say. I knew what you meant. <laughs> but oh well, Bo, take us a bet, betting corner. <laughs> Sounds good. That's a great segue to our next segment of betting corner. So we had a pretty rough week, um, with a few exceptions. Um, we have a new biggest loser, Andy. Unfortunately, drops to last place with a. Not the worst week, but you know, bad enough week to drop him into last place. And Kevin, after a three-week stint on top of the leaderboard with a perfect P, has dropped into third place. So pretty, pretty rough showing for him. We'll see if if he's able to bounce back this week. Um, and then in second place is yours truly. I did okay this week. I have I was the only positive return this week. So if you you know hitch your horse behind old Bo. We would have had good good money to be made this weekend, so that went well. And then we have a new first place um, winner, folks. Jake, um, he would he did not, he was not in the positive this week, but he is now in first place. Jake, any any words from from atop the leaderboard? You know, I'm not even gonna brag. We're so far in the red. But <laughs> uh, let, let's uh, let's let's. Uh... Let's get a little bit closer to the green before we brag <laughs> yeah. about being. I like it. I like it. Nine units in the whole week four of the season. Oof, no, yeah. I just can't do it. We need to rename this segment "Biggest Loser." <laughs> it's, <laughs> hey, it's a little rough right now. <laughs> well, hey, another week, another opportunity to make the Buckaroos back, and so we'll start with the Kansas Texas game. So we are seventeen point favorites at home against an undefeated Kansas. That is quite quite the spread we'll see if any of us are brave enough to take that um the total for this game is also very high 63 points so you know as mentioned in the previous segment it seems like vegas is pretty bullish on um, both our offense and kansas's offense as well so they think it'll be a fairly high high scoring affair um on the season so now that we have four games in i think we have some some trends that might mean a little something um, we're three and one against the spread. Kansas is two and two. Um, we have hit the over only once. Uh, Kansas has hit it twice, um, and as uh, also is one and one. And they kind of hit the they hit the, they hit the total um, on the dot for one of the games. So, yeah, those those are those are what this game looks like. Um, so we'll start with this game around. We'll go around the horn with um, any bets that the guys are taking, and then we'll do a lock of the week elsewhere around the league. So, Kevin, why don't we start with you first? Um, are you liking anything on this Texas game? I do. I haven't seen a good performance out of us at home, and we haven't played many games where we've played a B or an A game the whole time. So 
feels like a lot. I'm taking two units on Kansas to cover. I like it. Okay. Again, back-to-back weeks now with the emotional hedge out of Kevin. Did not work out last week. It did not. We'll see how it fares this week. (laughs) Kev Kev doing another Kev. (laughs) It makes the game watching experience interesting. You're going to be in Vegas. Are you going to be? There's nothing to lose. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, you're gonna have (laughs) some football games for sure. Yes. Andy, what about you? It seemed like you were you might you might be staying away from this game. Is is that the case? Yeah, I I would be following Kev if I actually made a bet this week, but I just can't bring myself to make a Kev. Um, I just don't believe in that strategy, so that's why I'm staying away. But if I was betting on this game, I would definitely take Kansas to cover. Okay, all right. Um, for myself. I'm I'm gonna take the under. I mean, we're three and one on the under. Um, it's a lot of sixty three is a lot of points. I mean, I I think we'll we'll do pretty well. I was very tempted to take the Texas, um, Texas line. I think, but I think it was like thirty nine or something. That was really high too. So, I think combined under sixty three, I think has a pretty good shot. I'm two and three units on that. Um, okay, elsewhere around the league, Andy, we'll start with you first. Then, do you have a lock of the week elsewhere on the slate of games? Yeah, I. West Virginia got a win this past weekend against Tech. They were playing at home. I just don't think they're going to bring um, that. I I don't think they're going to bring that level of um, of success on the road against TCU. TCU has looked a lot better uh, since week one, so I'm going to take TCU to cover. And that's my lock of the week. Okay. All right, Jake. We'll go to you next. Yeah, I um, I didn't jump in on the Texas stuff, but I'm not I'm not taking anything on the game. I was very tempted to put the Texas cover. Uh, I I do think I, I I don't know. I don't. I'm not that scared of Kansas to be honest. Um, but I'm not gonna do it. My lock of the week this week is um I'm gonna go with Oregon minus twenty seven over Stanford. Um, Oregon came off of a huge dominant win over Colorado last week. Colorado's, I think, a better team than Stanford is. And uh, and also, they've been running up the score on a lot of their opponents this year. So I, I think that the 27 points, uh, Coach, Coach Dan Lanning is kind of becoming a villain of sorts, um, and he's not afraid to do it. So I do think that they'll run up the score a little bit on Stanford. So I'm going to give the 27 points. Also, Bo Nix is looking great at quarterback for Oregon, so I think they're going to be in contention in the Pac-12 for sure. He is. Pac-12 is good this year. I like it. All right, Kev, we'll go to you next. My lock of the week is Rice. So Rice is taking on the East Carolina Pirates at home here in (laughs) Houston. And Rice has played well at home. I mean, we saw Rice, decent football team. JT Daniels at the helm. He's got a lot of experience at home. They've beaten Texas Southern and Houston and the least amount of points they've scored at home this season is 43. So things are working for them. Um, The line is only three for rice to win. So I'm putting three units on that. Okay. Big bet. Big bet. Big bet from Kev for rice. Yeah. I mean, the Ohio state Notre Dame game really, um, could have gone either way for these guys and uh, really, really skewed, skewed, 
not in their favor last week. So we'll see how the big bets work out this week. I myself, I'm taking a little three leg money line parlay with some favorites. Bama is playing Mississippi state. I'm taking Bama Notre Dame. I think off of an emotional loss, they're playing Duke um, ranked matchup. I'm going to take Notre Dame there. And then Georgia, they're at Auburn this week. I like all three of those. I'm just going to keep it simple with a little money line parlay uh, with three units as well. So I'm not going the full 10 units this week. We'll kind of take it nice and easy. Hopefully we can string it, string together some wins and um, start start getting getting back in the positive. All right. Awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. We, we don't have any mailbags this week, but if you are interested in sending in a mailbag, you can do that um, via Instagram or the link in the Spotify account as well. Uh, again, our social medias are football on the 40 on Twitter and Instagram. All right. In our last segment, we're going to do our quick predictions. We're going to give a score for this week's game against the Kansas Jayhawks. Just give me a number and whoever wants to go first can jump in. I'll go. I'm going to go Texas wins 35, 27. Okay. A lot of points. Andy. 38, 28. Pretty close to Kev. Mm-hmm. Oh geez, that's a lot of Gosh. points. I'm I'm saying forty-two to fourteen, and and mine was forty-two to ten. So I'll stick with my. I'll stay close. But we have a pretty pretty uh clear split this week. Bowen and I think Texas is gonna dominate, and Kevin and Andrew thinks we're gonna struggle. We'll see. All right. Well, that brings us to the very end of this week's episode. Um, thank you all for listening. Have fun this Saturday as the Horns hopefully kick the Jayhawks' butt. But we'll be back each and every week for the rest of the season. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you on the next Football on the 40. Hook them.